0: Welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. Coming up, we'll be reflecting on a big week for Guernsey hockey. We've seen the two club champions crown the island's men beat jersey to reach the last four of a national cup and that's before a ball is struck in the inter-insular and um, we'll also be talking cycling as the new summer season hits the road um so much going on in that sport and so much to look forward to as well this year my chat with development officer paul Degari and rising star helena Duguid to come plus we'll touch on uh, all of the other big sporting stories of the week i'm tony kerr and with me as ever is gareth the hi tony and jamie ingrell hi tony at the sports desk dream team great to have you here um we'll get on to the hockey in a sec, but we've got to start with the big moment of the week, um, which came in the church to church. (laughs) Can I talk us through that one, Jamie?
1: Um, I did a race and I may have... Want. i may have crossed the line first
0: oh
2: come on he very sneakily hid it away in his athletic story which made the back page but uh, just tucked it away that the fact that a, a certain jay ingrewell had won the massive race of the weekend
0: yeah, yeah. um yeah, very subtly
2: snuck in jamie uh,
0: gareth have you ever written about yourself winning anything
2: um, no well only a very brief brief once when I was part of a team that won a golf competition but uh, no I don't think I ever have I've written enough about my relatives anyway so <laughs> I don't want to write too much about myself
0: yeah a bit of a prevo takeover at times
2: yeah
0: um, well we just well done Jamie good stuff thank you, thank had you some good form
2: <laughs>
0: still time to get an that island game squad no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, let's talk hockey because, uh, as I said at the top, it is um, a massive week uh, down at the Hockey Club. Um, we've got the Interinsulas this weekend, which we'll come on to in a moment. Obviously, um, the men, women, um, and the seconds and thirds in action against Jersey on Saturday. Um, but let's turn our attention back to last Sunday. Um, and an absolute thriller down at Foots Lane, um, Guernsey's men beating Jersey on penalty shuffles in the end to make the last four um, of the EH Tier 2 championships. Uh, Gareth, we were both down there on the touchline. Um, been a pretty thrilling couple of weeks of inter-insular action, what with the under-18 Ratty the weekend before going to penalties, and then this on shuffles.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things, Tony, that um, you thoroughly expect it to be a tight game between going and Jersey. You always expect goals between the two. And to be honest, as exciting as it was, you could almost write that it was going to go down to shuffles before it even started. It's just That's the nature of that rivalry between those two sides. They're really closely matched. And uh, yeah, it was certainly exciting. But um, I think as uh, the jersey captain, Tom Miller, said to me after the game, if you're a neutral, it would have been great. But there's not many <laughs> neutrals around when you're watching at foot Lane, Guernsey versus Jersey. Um, no, I, th- I thought sort of overall. I think Guernsey sort of just about edged it, and th- they would have been hugely disappointed to concede. Basically, with ten seconds to go in regulation time, they were three-two up. They should have scored probably a bit more. I mean, to be fair, Jersey had taken the lead in the first half, and then Sean Donaldson and Ant Stokes um, put us ahead by half time. Jersey got. Another equaliser, and then we very quickly um, got back in the lead through Josh Kendall. And it looked like we were not even not just going to hold on, but probably extend that lead. In, there was a bit of a purple patch in the second half, and um, as your as your highlight showed, um, how Matt Stokes's drag flick hit the inside of a hockey post, which isn't round; it's a square, basically hockey post, and not go in was absolutely unbelievable. And I still don't quite know how it didn't go in. Um, But almost as soon as it didn't go in, you almost knew that Jersey would come up with an equaliser and so they did. And so it went to sort of like, I suppose, the dreaded penalties, which is nowadays is the shuffles where the the attacker starts on the 23 metre line and has eight seconds to score one on one with the goalkeeper. it, it, it's it's still, I mean, it's, you've seen it quite a lot in the Olympics, but it's a, sort of a new thing for sort of um, our level of hockey, I suppose. And uh, I wasn't quite sure how it go. Jake LaMarchand did really well, though. He sort of just stay, stayed on his feet as long as possible. He made it really difficult for the jersey guys and he saved three out of four. And we converted the three we, we had to take, so it was uh, it was great for Guernsey to get through that. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we, it's going to be very close again, I'm sure, this coming weekend in the Interinsula. Yeah, it really was so tight. Yeah. Uh, what struck me watching those shuffles, just the
0: the noise, because obviously the, the, you know the crowd had got really into it by mm-hmm. by sort of um, midway through the second half. You know, the, the noise coming from the stand was fantastic, and uh, yeah, and you know, just brilliant support for Guernsey all round. Um, but then into the shuffles, just the silence uh, yeah. during them, and all you can hear is the little tippy-tappy of the of the stick on ball and yeah. sort of shuffling feet it was really tense
2: yeah. and the thing is with that Tony um, like I said the attacker has eight seconds to score so if the goalkeeper makes a save after sort of five seconds of that the attacker can still regain the ball and score after that if if the ball's still in play so um it's sort of like Jake would make a save there's at one point he made a save in the shootout against uh, Pete Miller and the crowd erupted because he saved it. But actually, there's still a couple of seconds left, and I thought Pete Miller could score here, and he just missed. He was sort of like just on the wrong side of the post. So, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it does take some getting used to, it. and like you say, it's certainly, um, it, it's sort of great for the crowd, providing they're on the, the right side of the result in the end.
0: Yeah, and actually, uh, just the way that uh, Guernsey kind of approached the shuffles, it, to some extent, the tension was kind of sucked out of it quite early because uh, you know of the, the story of the shootout. But um, yeah, I thought Ant Stokes took his remarkably well and kind of set the tone. And then um, the pick of them for me was Alex Bushel, who who had a great game, I thought, and um, uh, yeah, showed some tremendous skill in in the um, in normal time and um, with the stick. Um, but yeah, his shuffle, he sort of fell over, and there was a kind of there was almost you could hear or feel the collective inhale yeah. on the stand, and then as he fell over he then managed to sort of mm. I don't know as he was going down sort of flick it home so um, yeah that was a good moment
2: yeah certainly um, yeah Bushy like you say he had a really good game and I, I thought he sort of sparked the crowd it, it, was, it was a bit of a strange atmosphere compared to an inter-insular where it builds throughout the day because you've got um, thirds, seconds and in the into the first and people are obviously enjoying some refreshment by then and by the time the start <laughs> of, of the first games go ahead it's already quite loud whereas this one you could tell there's an apprehension about it because it was a national quarter-final and you you, you you don't want to lose to anybody but you know being jersey in opposition that time you could the crowd sort of like well, they weren't very vocal for the first 20 minutes and uh, then all of a sudden like you say alex bushel got the ball he's playing left back and he cuts inside beating a couple of guys with um, with a real deft bit of skill uh, which basically set up um set up with the guernsey goal uh, first guernsey goal and uh, just after that the whole crowd got into it and um I think uh, Bushy himself was probably buoyed by that because he played really well. I thought the defence as a whole played very well. I thought um, Sam Watson, Tom Still, and ADP Skid were all very solid um, and typical sort of midfield and forwards. <laughs> they, they just never stop running in those sort of games. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a decent performance by Guernsey. I, I think they've got more to come as a side, but it was a very typical. Interinsular fixture without it being the intrinsular.
0: And yeah, they've got another chance to show of course on Saturday in that Interinsular fixture. The women in action too um they're still in their cup competition as well but uh, I think it was pushed back a couple of weeks so that'll be later this month.
2: Yeah, they play on the last Sunday of the month. So the the intrasular um and their next game away to Reading um basically coming in a successive weekends so um yeah, they'll they'll be looking to get some uh, a confidence boost against Jersey and then um, take that into into their quarter final.
0: Yeah, and hopefully another good crowd down there on Saturday. I'm sure sure there will be. Yeah um, those inter-insular games have been so tight haven't they in, in recent years sort of since the pandemic the, the the ones that have come back is, it really hasn't been much to separate the sides
2: yeah it's uh, it always goes down to the wire um certainly the men's one jersey always seem to find a quite a late equalizer at the moment but um they're, they're, i'm sure both games will be very close and, and like you say because of the, the nature of the whole inter-insular day with other games going on it, it'll be a huge crowd watching both first team games um the women's side at two and then the men at half three afterwards so it'll be a great atmosphere down there and um I mean I think home advantage played a lot more role in the, in the quarterfinal last week than it will do this week because you'll have dozens of Jersey guys watching as well it'll, it'll be quite a um, quite a mixed crowd there. So um, it's it's bound to be another good afternoon, I'm sure. Yeah, and plenty more coverage
0: to come uh, in the pages of Guernsey Press over the weekend ahead of and after um, that big hockey interinsula on Saturday. Um, Jamie, you were at uh, another interinsula uh, last weekend um, at Beaucejour, the squash making its return for the first time since the pandemic, and um, and Jersey edging mm. the overall tally in the end. Well, it was a squash and racquetball interinsula,
1: which was quite significant in the outcome. Uh, Guernsey despite losing chris simpson to injury a couple days beforehand which is obviously a big blow for the site uh managed to win the squash side of the interinsula. but within the same competition you've got 10 robbers of racquetball being played and Guernsey what uh, jersey won all 10 which ultimately handed them the interinsula. but aside from that loads of good competitive matches being played and it's also fantastic just to have that event in itself because um I think really it's the biggest squash event we've had locally for four years. We've got no squash island games for the foreseeable future. So,
0: yeah, nice refreshing event to have at uh... Is yeah, really pleased to see that back. I think Martin Watts, um, Gensey's development officer, saying that it's the fullest. He's seen mm. um, the kind of spectator areas at the squash um, courts for a while. So mm. that's really good to see. I, I do find it odd that the racquetball is lumped in. I, I mean, I'm not an expert on squash and racquetball. Um, I'm sure there's a very good that reason. Two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a very good reason, but it just seems like surely you should have separate entrances. I mean, if they're two different disciplines, it would be like having... The hockey and the air hockey, entrances in terms of uh, the same, having them both count. And not to be dismissive of a racquetball, I'm sure it's a great sport, but...
2: Well, yeah, you, you could quite easily sort of just, I mean, it can be played at the same time, but like you say, it doesn't have to be aggregated, you wouldn't have thought, but yeah. no, it's... it's uh... Like Jamie says it's, it's a great event to have so much going on at the same time. Um, yeah, it's a case of who is the squash winners yeah. overall, as well. You know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, really. Yeah, exactly. And you know, squash is the sport that
0: is the more prominent, obviously, of the two or the discipline, of the more prominent of the two internationally, um, you know, at the Commonwealth Games and and you know, obviously, it as its kind of sort of prominent world tour. Um, so yeah, I'm probably offending the racquetball fraternity, um, but uh, but yeah. Um, it does seem a bit odd to me, but there we go. Uh, congratulations, I guess to Jersey on that that overall victory. Um right, that's it for part one., uh, coming up next, we'll be talking cycling. There are criminations uh, <laughs> over the squash entrance intu- uh, uh continuing uh, in the intuition there. um welcome back to the Genzie Press sport podcast. We're here every Thursday uh, rounding up the best of Baderwick's sport. And of course, um, you can find comprehensive coverage of everything that matters in local sport in the pages of the Guernsey Press six days a week. So do pick up a paper. Um... Let's talk cycling now, Jamie, because um, yeah, massive few months ahead for the sport. It's that time of year, I guess, isn't it, when the sort of winter season is kind of tailing off and the summer season kicking into action. We had the first road race of the year on Sunday um, and a big contingent of Guernsey riders as well away at the Southern Cross Country Championships. Yeah, I think
1: uh, some pretty good <laughs> results all round. So we've got uh, Helena Duguid, who was our podcast guest, uh, pipping Karina Jackson for the women's victory at Ray Road Race. Yeah. Um, You'll hear about how Karina has inspired her, huh? and it's nice to see like an up-and-coming rider take the victory. Um, on the men's side, Sam Caldwell, uh broke the tape. <laughs> that would be no surprise to anyone who saw him line up. But yeah, it's quite nice to have him present competing in Guernsey. And then, yeah, we've had some terrific results abroad at the Southern's. Uh Most notably, I think Brad Rodin winning the elite category, which is a massive achievement in itself, but also showing up really well against Guernsey's established Commonwealth Games Riders, because he finished three positions ahead of James Rowe, who I think has been inarguably our top for a mountain biker for the last, gosh, <laughs> quite a while. Yeah, seeing his sister Kylie get on the women's elite podium, sort of, after just stepping up from the junior categories, and loads of other podiums strong results throughout the field of 27 Guernsey riders yeah
0: it bodes very well for the season ahead yeah really impressive turnout there and as you say um bodes very well um particularly for the island games Mm. um yeah that's gonna be a packed week of cycling with mountain biking and, and road events as well um and one rider who is going to be there is Helena Duguid who you mentioned um, a young up-and-coming rider who has started the season very well and um, as you say with victory uh, in that opening road race and has got a lot to look forward to um, with Island Games and Commonwealth Youth Games as well um, well she popped in for a chat alongside Guernsey Cycling Development Officer Paul Degare um, great to catch up with the, the two of them lots of enthusiasm for cycling locally at the moment and as you'll hear from Paul um, lots going on behind the scenes as well so uh, yeah fantastic to catch up with them and I began by asking Helena to talk through her victory at the weekend?
3: I went a lot better than I expected it to. So I think it started as a scratch race, which obviously is a a lot harder than just a normal division race. And we all started as a big bunch of us. Um, It started with the first hill. It held on quite well. The first group obviously went off, held on to the second group. I found their pace was just a bit too much for me, but I figured there was a group behind me that I could go back onto and a couple of us dropped and we formed a nice little group. And we kept together for about two, three laps. And then on the third lap, we started catching up with the people that were in front of us. Um, and throughout that race, I was just watching the rest of my competitors, making sure that I was following the correct wheel, getting myself up the pack to get to like where I wanted to be in the race. Um, and also making sure I conserved the right amount of energy for the final bit of the race. Um, we caught up with two people, um, Mark Smith, who's one of our guys in the Velo Club and he was really good in holding our pace and I held on to him, watched how he was going and I could see that towards the end he was ready to go. And I knew I had a bit of strength left in my legs that I could hold on to him for his race, but held for his like last sprint. And then I decided that I was just going to hold on. But when he f- burnt out, I was like, I've got a bit left and just went. And then that led me to... Coming first in my little group of us and coming first female, which I was really happy with because it's not like an achievement I've had since last season, and I wasn't expecting it with the first race back.
0: Yeah, fantastic! And obviously, at the start of what is a very big summer for yeah. you on the bike, um, that must give you a lot of confidence.
3: Yeah, I think it's kind of put a target on my back, I guess. Also, <laughs> as well as as well as being a really good thing, it's put a target on my back because I think it's put me at at the top of where I am compared to the rest of females when they come into it i'm gonna to have to keep performing at that level which is good because adding the extra pressure will also make me want to do better which i think i always thrive on is a lot of pressure um but like with the big season coming ahead it was nice to have a good first race because i think that gave me the confidence to know that i can actually get there next for the rest of the season
0: yeah digger what did you make of <laughs> helena's start i i wasn't
4: actually there to physically watch on sunday morning but uh just listening in now, it's great to hear and say, see, you know, the first race is always important. And like Elena said, it always sort of sets the tone for the rest of the season. Uh, so, you know, it was all positive there and all learning as well, you know. And you and they say when you got some experienced riders like Mark Smith in there and learning off those sort of guys, uh, it is brilliant. And, you know, one thing for us would be obviously to increase the female participation as well. Uh, but no, it's brilliant to hear, and you know well done to Elena.
0: Yeah, and whilst that was all going on back here, a um, pretty big contingent of of Guernsey Valley Club members over at the Southern uh, Cross Country Champs. Yes, and pretty good weekend <laughs> results as well.
4: Yeah, so you mean we had uh, in all just short of thirty people travel over to the first Southern Region event uh, in, Winch, uh, Winchester, yeah, in Winchester in Matt Basin Circuit, uh, and you know from ages we're talking sort of like. I think under eight all the way through to expert level uh, Brad Voden took the first uh, overall win uh, and we had some great podiums we had Zach Smith uh, finish third in his group uh, I think it was the under 14s yeah. Kylie Voden finished
3: yeah. uh, third, third in her first time away from the yeah. junior level so
4: you know for that to be a South Region event and we're taking that contingent over and I think impressively getting those sort of results you know, and we're coming from a small island. We're punching above our weight, but it just shows w- what we can do on this on that on this island.
0: Uh, yeah, and on that kind of cross country side of things, what's the well, kind of talk us through the hard work that's been put in sort of behind the scenes to get us to that place? Then in terms it's of hard, suppose,
4: hard, well, well, like I so say, you mean you got you got training programs, but as from a club point of view, uh, you know, we have. We've the sort of, so I've only been involved really in the last 18 months, but we have a winter series. Uh, we got that sort of summer series as well. We do the summer crits on the mountain bikes. Uh, and for this island, we've got a great participation in that discipline, uh, whether it be downhill and uh, cross country. Uh, so with that, we've we got some good racing as well. You know, we've got James Rowe, who was at the Commonwealth last year, uh, along with Mike, Mike Uh So... You know we've got a really good strength in our team, and it'd be quite interesting to see the Island Games this year, uh, how that sort of materialises, really, because you know I think from a male's perspective we've got a really strong team out there, but also from the female side, I believe uh, this is the first time where the selectors have had to have a pool of females to select from to fill up those five places, which I think has never happened before. Uh, so that goes to show where the strength and depth is coming from now. And you've got the likes of, uh, you know, we talk about Kylie. Uh, we've got Jay Packham, who's in her second year uh, of racing, uh, who, if I remember rightly, won uh, finished place fourth in the sports category in Winchester last year, and, and is now in that sort of expert category and finished in the same position. So it goes to show you what can happen within a year if you put your mind to it.
0: Yeah, really promising science and great to have yeah. that, that pool of talent to, to draw. And I mean, yeah. for you, Helene, obviously, um, Island Games kind of uh, sort of looming large, I suppose, on the horizon for you. Just before we talk about that as, as an event, I mean, for a sport, cycling, for a young woman, you know, what, what's the thing that, that, that's got you kind of giving it all to cycling at the moment?
3: Well, I think. I obviously love cycling from a young age because my father's a massive enthusiast for cycling. I and mean, it's always been that passion. It's been driving through my family. And when I came to Guernsey, I started with the Flyers and I always saw like the older girls and the, even the guys, they, they, some of them are still racing now. I saw KB doing her thing when I was younger and I've always gone, I want to be there. And I think I was told I was going to be too young for the Island Games when they were meant to be in Guernsey due to... But due to COVID, it got pushed back and that's really benefited me. So I'm actually the right age to do it now. And I, that's something that's always been driving a driving force for me is knowing that I can get there. And um, it's just, it, I've always wanted to push myself to that level. And I think I've had the structure behind me to get myself to that level. And now actually being able to race there, it's amazing just to see like, where the difference has come from.
0: Yeah, incredible that um you'll get the opportunity to to race um on home soil um yeah talk us through the the sort of preparation that you, you've been putting in and you're going to put in before july i th-
3: well the preparation started last year obviously in even like, even winter season like last year I mean we were going through selection for um the island games I anonymously got injured in the January of last year and that put me out for a couple of months. But I think that came, I came back stronger after that because I knew I had to prove myself and had to prove to myself that I good, not, not just to the selectors. And after that, I gained my, my selection and it's just, after, I've just been training hard over the winter, putting in the effort, putting in the time and going out. Not just on my own, but also on Sundays, which Velo Club have offered me um, academy rides with Alex Margeson. And that's been amazing just to not just race on myself, ride on myself, but with him, who he's pushed me to another level because I'm not just going off like my own power. And then the racing season's starting now, and I'm still putting in my training every day with one rest day and then a race. So it's. You myself, going
0: <laughs> And juggling that all around, preparing for A-levels or doing yeah. A-levels. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Rather you than me, I think. <laughs> but it's fantastic. And what what a carrot at the end of it um, Yeah, to be able to represent Guernsey yeah. um, in, in home games. Have you, have you thought about what that's going to gonna be like as an experience?
3: Oh, it's going to be amazing. I mean, all my friends have already come to me going, oh, well, we'll come stand in the corner. We'll come. Just tell us when your race is or like... What's going to be happening? And it's amazing just to hear like all these people talking to you, going, Oh, we'll be there. Or my mum's and my dad's friends just telling me that we'll be like, We're going to be on the home soil. So it be, it won't just be like the pressure, obviously, of being at the Island Games and having all these different comp- competitors around me, but also be like being at on Guernsey, being able to know the course, knowing what I'm in for, and like being able to push myself because I know I can and I want to push myself just for like Guernsey pride, but also for my, my own pride.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and Digger, you know. When you look at that event that we've got coming up this summer, uh, for you as a development officer, how big an opportunity is it to to kind of capture the imagination? of? It's it's, it's
4: massive. Uh, You know, I think cycling has pretty much got an event every day, uh, whether it will be road or mountain bike. Uh, It will be exciting to watch uh the one of the mountain bike events is at delancey park where we uh, helena sort of said where she starts off is where we use our flyers racing league uh every wednesday evening during the summer so to see sort of the cream of the islands riders up there racing for gold uh you know would be great it's nice summer summer's evening sun's out you know great support what what better you know what a better place to be so yeah and we'd like to say we've got the road TTs, we've got the road crits on the last day which you know things so it's exciting like I say, if you get the supporters out and i know there will be you know it will be it will be massive and like i say if we can build upon that afterwards uh then you I mean that is my job isn't it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry so like saying you know it, it's really interesting. That's the first time I've really heard Helena's journey. And uh, like I say, you mentioned KB in there, Karina, uh you know and she's been to the commonwealth Games, so it's having that person to aspire to and i think that's really important this summer that, you, know, you need to get those children out there and sort of say i want to be the next Helena. i want to be the thing and i think that's very important to have those role models in any sport you know to i uh, think
0: yeah absolutely and, and uh, on that subject of commonwealth obviously <laughs> yeah yeah you know, you'll have just about kind of probably recovered from the island games when you'll be heading out um to trinidad for the commonwealth youth games yeah um I mean that sounds incredible in itself how excited are you to get that opportunity
3: oh it's going to be amazing so obviously there's two of us going me and Che and it's going to be like a hell of an experience um I don't know how many people are going just yet but it's going to be loads of us and it's just going to be so good to be able to race against people that I just never thought I was going to be able to race against um I always knew I always thought I could do well in cycling but I never thought I could get to that sort of level I was just like I was like, right, Island Games, if I get to the Island Games, I might try for the Commonwealth Games, but I never thought I could get to the Youth Commonwealth Games. I saw Sam go over there, and he did really well in... Um, Red Bar,
0: uh, Bahamas. Bahamas. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, he did really well there. And it was just something like, and seeing that he can do that well, I'm like, I reckon I can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'll be a hell of an experience, but it will be a lot this summer, because it'll be obviously Island Games finishing, having like probably a week recovery for a bit and then straight back into training for next ones but we know give go but if I want to do well I'm gonna to have to keep going and after that all of these races are finished that's when I can finally have a rest yeah. <laughs> in about I 10 think,
0: years time I
4: think the key is, uh, is having the right structure in place for the yeah. training and coaching and uh, you're being well looked after so
0: well, I'm sure we'll uh, touch on that again closer to the time because um, that's yeah going to be a, another huge opportunity for, for our local athletes. Um, Digger, you mentioned before, you've been in
4: this role now for about 18 months. About 18, yeah. yes, so uh, beginning of January last year. So uh, it's been really eye-opening to what cycling offers and the different sort of disciplines in cycling. And, yeah, to learn as well. And, you know I mean, I've sort of, say, fast-tracked. Uh, But now, you know, in the last 18 months or 15 months, uh, now uh, a level two cycler cross coach, as well as a level two mountain bike coach, and the only mountain bike coach in the Channel Islands as well for British cycling. Uh, So it's, uh, and each discipline brings its own sort of challenges with it. uh, And... As a coach, it's interesting. You know, you need you need to sort of remove those barriers, to allow people to participate in it, and it's uh, certainly a job I'm really enjoying at the moment. So
0: yeah, it does seem with cycling. I mean, you know, those disciplines have existed for for years and years, haven't they? But it does seem there's a greater appreciation and balance now between the different disciplines: mountain biking, uh, the yeah. road stuff, cyclo-cross is is coming on, isn't it? Is, yeah. is that the beauty of the sport that there's
4: something it, it, for everyone? Uh, you know, but. Uh, when I first came into the role, uh, I had an interview with Jamie and I sort of, like sort of said, a tongue-in-cheek comment about BMX. But, you know, it's something which people have inquired about with me in the last uh, 12 months. Uh, but it does offer something for everyone. And, you know, we've even t- sort of touched on it with Paracycling now and uh, uh, a New Bridge Cycling are bringing out a program called Limitless, which is bringing participation at that sort of uh on that parasite. side so and that's something which we're, we're getting involved in at the early stages of now and we're recognized as the focus club for for that so like i say it's quite it hits a quite wide part of the community uh so yeah interesting
0: yeah what's the potential for growth still then um for all of those disciplines uh
4: well there's, there's always potential for growth uh you mean a at the moment is the biggest growing discipline uh, in british cycling uh and that is moving massively uh in the winter leagues. mountain bikings up there as well the road it you know the participation level is possibly not where it wants to be uh and that's not only here but right across uh britain uh but you mean there are sort of plans in place to sort of improve that so uh and let's say we, we'll do we'll do the best we can with what we got over here. Uh, and we are doing that at the moment, and this summer you'll see a change in what the Velo Club have delivered in years past.
0: On the kind of sort of wider f- participation front, yeah, got some big events, got Easter Festival coming up.
4: We've got, got, uh, we got the Easter Festival coming up. Uh, we, you know, obviously the Island Games is 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 there as well. Uh, we've got uh, the Cyclocross Series coming up in, in the winter. We've got Summer Crits on the mountain bike. Uh, we've got a new Gravity Bike Series coming into it as well. Uh, we, you know, it's going to be an action-packed, year for Guernsey cycling. Not uh, there no, there's not a weekend where there is not. There's not a weekend where we can sort of say we can have a Sunday lie or something like that. It's literally, it's full on, but it's brilliant. And in between that, We've got coaching as well, which is the main thing which we're offering this year, which the club haven't offered in years past. So we've got road cycling on a Tuesday night, which will be down the track uh, uh, with road circuit cycling. We've got mountain bike coaching weekly. We've got cyclocross coaching, which will be up at Delhansley Park on Thursday nights. Uh, we got the, you know say so we got the flyers kids with coaching on the, on a wednesday night as well the racing league so literally during the summer comes sort of may time it's going to be full on uh, but great absolutely brilliant for the sport so well
0: it's been lovely to chat thanks very much for coming in guys i don't know which one of you is busier but we're always busy you've probably got somewhere to be so i'll let you get on um but yeah we'll uh, catch up for sure before the island games because um that is going to be incredibly yeah. exciting yeah so uh, good luck with the preparation thank, thank you. you thanks Paul Degare and Helena Duguid speaking to me there. It was really good to catch up with them ahead of what is going to be a really exciting summer for cycling. Plenty more coverage um, to come here on the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast and in the pages of the Guernsey Press too. So keep an eye on that. Um, Right, let's have a look at what else has been happening and what's coming up. Uh, One of the big sports stories kind of off the field this week has been uh, surrounding bowls because there was... Some genuine doubt about the future of outdoor bowls in the island um, with uh, a number of vacancies um, at Bowls Guernsey, the governing body for the sport locally, um- and they had an AGM on Monday, um, a bit of a crisis meeting to try and um, fill those roles. And good news, Jamie, at least for the immediate future of the sport. Yeah, so it obviously it
1: didn't bode particularly well hearing the pleas of someone like Lucy Beer, our Commonwealth Games silver medalist. Basically, we need to fill these positions or our association will fold and our sport will basically... Outdoor Bowls could basically die. But um, thankfully, uh, Bowls Guernsey had their EGM on Monday to try to replace the huge void left by uh, the resignation of Gary Collins. And within half an hour, we had four people stepping forwards. Uh, We've got a new president. We've got three new secretaries sort of splitting the workloads uh, that Gary had to deal with, which I think testifies to how much he had to do and what uh, boon he was for bowls admin in
0: guernsey yeah and for the time being yeah for future of bowls looks bright. for a sport that's got obviously so much history in the island for the association to to fold would have been um would have been a disaster but you know and, and p- would have been particularly um uh poor you know given it was sort of coming off the back of that amazing moment last summer and um Uh, the potential kind of shot in the arm that Lucy's silver medal will have had for it. So um, yeah, really good to see. And um, yeah, we'll touch base with them soon as the uh, summer uh, looms on the horizon. Uh, Gareth, you'll be at the hockey this weekend. Uh, Anything else to be aware of?
2: Uh, well, it's going to be quite a packed weekend down at Foots Lane, Tony. I'd better go early to make sure I get a parking space, because while well, hockey's going on, GFC are also at home at two o'clock, so it's going to be a pretty manic around there. But um, yeah, there's sort of quite a few things sort of going on. The Jersey um, are hosting the Women's Volleyball intrinslers, or well, yeah, the on on Saturday as well. And um, over here we've got the two days of the Shepherds LTA Regional Tour Paddle Event, which is um, a national event, which is growing all the time, and um, it's great that Guernsey gets to gets to host such a such a prestigious um, tournament. So um, those are sort of like some of the main things that are going on this weekend.
0: Yeah, sounds like a really big field for the paddle, um, which is great to see. Uh, a sport that continues to grow and grow. Jamie, where are you going to be? Um,
1: over at Bowcamps High School, I'm going to have the pleasure of meeting. Uh, Former England rose Ebony Usoro Brown, who plays a key part in capturing gold with England at the 2018 Commonwealth Games netball tournaments. She's coming over to provide a few lessons to Guernsey's up-and-coming players at Liberty Netball Club, and like, yeah, meeting an athlete of that caliber will always be <laughs> exciting. I might be a bit starstruck, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it will be interesting to see what she's got to say, and also how how she's
0: come over to Guernsey in the first place. Yeah, brilliant. Always good to see, um, big names in their sport, um, visiting the Island. And, uh, I'm sure we'll, um, read a bit about that in the paper next week. Um, before we go, I just want to mention Seb Prio. He goes in the 12 hours of Sebring, um, in Florida on Saturday in, uh, one of the, um, most uh, eye-catching cars probably on the grid, um, we've got the picture on the back page of the paper today if you missed it and it's on our social channels as well um his porsche 911 um decked out in green in a sort of special t-rex design um which is pretty cool to be honest when you think he sort of potters around on his bike in Tortable, uh you know when he's back in the island and then he's out in florida um involved in one of the biggest motorsport <laughs> events there and one of the biggest championships there in a very
2: very cool piece of kit I think it's harsh to say potters around Tortaball, well, yeah. Tony. I mean he well, does it as part of his fitness regime. I was he's, say. he's powering around Tortabile. I know you Potter uh, around Tortab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this uh it's yeah, it's certainly a striking livery for his car. That that <laughs> cartoon sort of T Rex, and I think it's great. It's very much a Guernsey green colour. So um <laughs> it's ideal for Seb to be driving such a car.
0: Yeah, very appropriate. Um <laughs> good choice, Seb. Um we'll we'll uh, wish him the best for that because that's an exciting moment. The second round of that um US sports car championship. Um Seb so focused on that this year um, doing all of those races out in America so um, yeah hell of an effort and um, yeah hope he goes really well in this second round of the championship um, right that is just about it then from us this week uh, if you're not already do give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport is the place to go on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and um, make sure you're hitting follow or subscribe um, wherever you get your podcast as well to so get every episode delivered straight to you we're here every Thursday and back on Monday as well with our weekly football show um, cheers guys we'll see you next time
2: cheers cheers